What's up guys, welcome to the Care Coach Lead Show. It is Andrew Frezza with Austin and Mel from FitTown joining me today. So we're gonna be talking about why chasing your perfect day might not be the best idea and some of the downsides of chasing your perfect day. So um, I brought Austin and Mel on the show because they are the workaholics in this group. All three of us are the workaholics on our team. And, um, and we've talked often through hiring about perfect days. And we actually, as part of our hiring process, we have coaches, new coaches, and even our veteran coaches that have been with us a while, we'll have them revisit this exercise of defining what does their perfect day look like. And we do that because we wanna know, like, is this person preferring to work early in the morning or late at night? You know, what is their capacity to work? Can they take on a lot of hours or is their perfect day like look like one to two hours of work? Um, and we're, we're trying to figure out a way that we can create a situation where the things that we need for them to do and get done also hopefully aligns with the things that they like to do. And, um, and our goal over time is that our coaches can work 50, 60 hours a week and still feel like I love my job because there's a lot of alignment between what they see as their perfect day or their perfect job and what we bring to the table. Yeah, and um, I think one thing that's really important about the perfect day is to understand that it can change constantly. So you might come in or when you apply or whatever and you, you fill this out for the first time, at that point in your life, it might be like, hey, like I want to wake up at four in the morning to coach the first three hours or whatever. And then who knows, maybe you, you start a family, you have kids, and then maybe waking up at 4 a.m. isn't as fun anymore. So also just understanding that the perfect day can switch from time to time, which is why it's really important to have an open line of communication with your teammates and ask them often. Yeah, yeah I, think, I think one of the biggest like, downfalls of setting people up, like you know, day one when you hire them, saying, hey, what is your perfect day? Um, people can instantly take that if it's not presented the right way. They can take it as basically writing down your availability. And I said I'm available at this time and you have to honor that instead of the idea of it being like, what is your perfect day looking like? You know, because people will buy into it so hard and marry themselves to it and then think in the context of like anything outside of this day is not anything I want to do. And it can become very hard if you put that process out there without framing it and saying like, you know, if, if you got one day that was the perfect day, not like this is what your schedule would be like and we want to present you with your perfect day or a week or a month or a year um, and saying, you know, that this is a rigid thing. Because I think people will instantly just say like, oh, I'm going to get what I want and this is what I say that I can do and I'm going to do no more, no less. Yeah, it's funny because... When people fill out the exercise, I think more often than not, actual work hours in their perfect day is probably like three to five work hours. Like even for people like you guys that like to work and clearly work way more than that in, a, in an average day. Um, but I think people will just kind of naturally think, oh yeah, I want to wake up. I want to, you know, go walk my dog. I want to have coffee. I want to, you know, have time to work out on my own. I want to have time for these leisure activities. Like yeah, your perfect day is going to be very well-rounded. And what, what we're really looking for in that, of the things you mentioned that are work-related, what of those things can we really create alignment with? Um, but ultimately, what I think a gym should be chasing and what an employee, a coach should be chasing is that 
we're both looking for a situation where we can, we can work an excessive amount of hours and still be really happy for a long period of time. Maybe, maybe again, that's not your ideal forever scenario, but we wanna have a lot of slack in the system. We wanna have a, a situation where even when we are overworked, we still really love our job compared to really almost anything else we could be doing. And yeah. that, that to me is the key component of balancing a, someone's perfect day with just like perf their perfect job, their calling, as we refer to it in other videos and other exercises. Like, let's find someone they're calling and then let's have an understanding of the perfect day and let's figure out where there's alignment because where we can get them to work a lot and it doesn't feel like work, that's a home run. Yeah, that's, that's the real kicker is if I laid out my perfect day, it would always involve some form of coaching, whether it's coaching here, coaching my child's baseball team, like mm -hmm. it would involve coaching in multiple layers of coaching. And I think the beauty of having it in a hiring process before you ever commit to a candidate is being able to see like, oh, well, this person only included one hour of it in their day. That's not a sustainable employee that I would want to handle or, or like have to accommodate. If that's not something that innately like, yeah, it has to be a part of my perfect day. And I, and I want to be responding to nutrition clients or I want to be giving people nutrition advice or if those underlying themes aren't there for someone and we have that role to fill, it helps you weed out candidates who are non-candidates because they're doing this as a job, they're doing this to pay the bills, but this isn't aligning with their true, like, this is going to fill me up by also having this as my job. I also think we in a way with the with the wording set them up for failure almost like this is your perfect day perfect like there's very few things in this world that are perfect so i agree with what you just said like if your perfect day already doesn't have a lot of coaching in it like before you've even gotten into the job like i can only imagine what's going to happen when work does start coming your way. If your perfect day is in the Bahamas, drinking margaritas, <laughs> right, right, right. and not even close to working. Right, and I'm not saying that when you fill this out, it's be like, I want to work 80 hours a week, like, I want to get there at 4 and leave at 8. Like, that's, that's not what I'm saying either, but you have to also realize, like, this is a job, and they probably need you to do something <laughs> besides just what you wrote on a paper. So I would just be cautious with... When you're doing this or when you, if you've ever thought about this for yourself, like realize what the word perfect means. And I think like maybe ideal, like an ideal day or week would be a really good way to go too. Like, you know, if I got to set up my week, like ideally this is how it goes, but I'm okay with curveballs because this is the job or the career or the calling that I want to spend a lot of time in anyways. I think we find this with like newer coaches because we give it to them pretty early. Mm -hmm. And then um, it's like, you know, you give them a little bit more and it's like, well, that, that wasn't on my schedule. This, I wasn't expecting this and things like that. And it's like, I think if you go back, we've, we've talked about this on multiple podcasts, but newer coaches who've been doing, let's say one, two, maybe three years, those are still really new coaches. Like they still have a lot to learn in the industry, a lot to learn of themselves, just a lot to learn in general, but they're expecting like, well, he's making this much money, why, why can't I make this much yeah. money? You know, there's those circumstances. Well, look back at what you've, you've kind of created as your perfect day. You've basically shut out a third or fourth or more of the day that you could possibly be working towards that career. And then as you get into it later and later, you can be more and more picky if you want to be. That's, that's another kicker. If you want to be more picky about it, 
and then you can kind of set yourself up for a more ideal day and week. But I guess my one recommendation is just be cautious with the perfect word um, for new people because perfect is just really hard to do. It's almost impossible to do. And then the second thing is just if you're getting into this, if you're a newer coach just getting into this, and this is really what you feel like is your calling, like I would just try to take on a lot. Like mm-hmm. try to see and handle as much as you can. Mostly if you're young and you don't have a family and this is really what you want to create as a career, like just go in. I know we have one of our coaches who's like, that, that is what he did. Like, and he yeah. still does it. And he's in a good spot to do it. He has a girlfriend, but besides that, he doesn't really have any big obligations to pull time away. And he's made himself like, I don't know, he's probably going to be a six-figure coach this year. And that's pretty crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think the, the, the kicker in that is like, especially the young coach. And I mean young by like physical age, you know, like the younger in the industry, but younger in, in their, you know, life trajectory of not having a family or just career at all. Maybe they've never worked in the coaching industry before. Maybe they've never had a job at all before. I think a lot of the pitfall that comes into this is we are treating this as a profession and a lot of other gyms treat this as a work trade or treat this as a time trade in terms of this is three hours a day or less. Three hours of coaching is is a lot to ask of someone in one day at some gyms who don't post a big class schedule. So when you're looking at it as like just a one-for-one time trade and not treating it like a profession, I think a lot of um, places have a hard time hiring for that professional because it's such a job at other places that they've been setting the precedent at that one job to come into a profession. It seems like a big leap for a lot of younger coaches because it's not what they're used to and, and they have no realization of what the professional coach actually does or the workload that it takes so that's like the first part of it and the second layer is when they're that young they're already trying to achieve their perfect day in the first month and I think that's a real rookie move like you're saying you have to hustle you have to work up to that place to get yourself to the perfect day that may take five years to get to the perfect day you know you've got to put in the grind you've got to put in the work you have to establish your base of clients to be able to get yourself worked into that perfect day and all along the way you're just taking little steps towards it but you might be out of sorts for a while so you have to have some kind of okay well i'm gonna work way outside of my perfect day but each day i'm gonna try to rein it in a little bit so that way one day it will be my perfect day and that's where I want, I think, leads into the entire goal of this podcast or the entire message that we want to convey, which is that you feeling out of whack, out of balance is almost always 100% in your own head and in 100% your own beliefs. And through chasing a perfect day, through chasing work-life balance, if that is, your, if that is a part of your focus, too much a part of your focus, you will always feel like you're not achieving your perfect day and you are out of balance. Mm -hmm. Because where that focus goes, that's where that energy flows. And it's more of an issue of energy and focus than it is true burnout or exhaustion or whatever it might be. It's this feeling of, oh, I could be doing this other thing. I should have more balance in my life. And I think a lot of that just comes from like culture and society. Like most people hate their jobs. And you can kind of take the conditioning of others into a role that it doesn't look like what others have. Like, and if you've gotten into this because it is really what you want to be doing, 
but you're taking the beliefs of others into it, then yeah, you're going to feel out of balance. The one thing I want to add into this is, and I feel like I can speak on this because I've had that background too, of the, the weird thing about this job is you do feel busy from time to time. And usually that's a good thing because usually that means you're making quite a bit of money. But you're not as busy as you think you are. And that's why I think we preach so much about creating a schedule. And like, I mean, like a really good schedule because you're going to see how many gaps are in your schedule. What we don't do is like a normal corporate job where they are like a set schedule, eight or nine to five. There's no wiggle room. Like they might get a 30 to an hour lunch. But aside from that, like your kid's sick, like, sorry. Like, I mean, you can use PTO if you want, but there's no wiggle room there. Whereas in our career, we're lucky. And I'm not saying every job, but most, most of the um, coaches in our field are our specific type of gym. Like you do have that flexibility. Like you can easily go pick up your kid, go have lunch with a friend, go get coffee, do, do whatever you need to do. All in your working hours. All so. in your working hours. Correct. Yeah. And, and, and couple of the fact that where you work is also where you get your exercise in. Right. It's where you eat your food. You, right. you might do lounging, shower. socializing. Like right. you could be there 12 hours a day, but only you work in seven of them. Right. That's why you called me and him workaholics. But I just think I hang out at the gym <laughs> yeah. and I also work here, but I mostly just hang out here. Like most of the stuff I'm doing is eating lunch or making a snack or I'll do some computer work. That's why I'm trying to get to it. I want hourly pay. It's weird. They won't, they won't convert me, but I'm trying to get hourly no, but I, th- I think that's a really good point, and it's something even I've struggled with. Like, there's times I'm like, oh my gosh, am I getting burnt out? And it's like, all right, let me go back to my schedule. Let me look at it again. I'm like, oh gosh, okay, look at all these gaps that I'm just doing nothing that I feel like I'm doing something, right? And it could be like that. It could be me just sitting here when I could have, I don't know, gone and taken a walk or whatever and just kind of relax for a second, and I chose not to do something like that. And um, I've seen a lot of coaches burn out in this way in our in our specific gym too yeah. of that feeling of okay well I don't coach until four and it's noon and I don't have any clients to write programming for I and they'll just hang around and kind of dawdle with their time and all of that time could have been used as personal time because they weren't technically on the clock but then they feel like they've been here for 12 hours you know and and it's one of those things where it's if you are not good at managing your time and fitting things in your day and segmenting things in your actual free time in your work day, then you're not, you're not going to grow. So you could be doing more social media stuff in that time. You could be growing your personal brand as a coach if you want that for yourself. You could be doing things that, you know, you could be learning more about a specific movement. You could be doing stuff that's work-related, but that's not required of you in those times. You're just waiting for the next class to coach. So in those off times, if you're not taking advantage of it and making it work, it's not work. You don't have to be clocked in. You're not clocked in. So it's really on you to do your personal stuff when you need to. I was going to add on that too. That's almost exactly what I was going to say. It's like those if that's your schedule, which is noon, and then you have a big gap, and then you coach the evening, like, I don't know, personally, I would just want to work to fill that extra time. Like, if I'm going to be here from noon to seven or whatever it is, like, I don't want there to be a three to four hour window where I'm just, like, not getting paid to just sit there. So it's like, 
use that time to create posts, to get clients, whatever it may be, and then fill those hours. Or take the stuff that you are actually doing at home that you could do at work and put it in that downtime at right. work. Yeah. Because a lot of people will take that stuff home and be like, oh, well, I can't really focus here because I'm talking to other coaches and I'm talking to members and mismanaging their time while they're at the gym instead of saying, no, this is my hour to do my social media. And then they're doing social media at home, which is disrupting their work-life balance. Like you said, you're the one that's in control of that. It's all perception. So if it's taking away from your family time, that's really on you to get that in sorts or get that in check. I find I become like a complainer if my sleep goes out of whack. And if my if I don't have a lot of sleep, I'll, I'll keep saying in my own head, like, oh, I'm so tired, I'm so tired. And then I start to realize like, I'm not enjoying coaching because I'm on this weird mental loop where I'm just telling myself that I'm tired, but I'm really not that tired. I just didn't get the best night's sleep and I'm being a crybaby. So kick myself back into like, hey, I'm focused, I enjoy this and stop repeating this thing on loop to myself. But I feel like those little moments get caught up in people's head and it expands into like, I don't like coaching because I'm tired, you know? And then it goes into the next thing and they just keep letting those, those repetitive voices lag into what they're doing and then they get burnt out. Yeah, and then I really find that this interferes with the ability to like intrinsically love coaching. And the thing that the thing that we like because we take our focus around just getting better at the craft, the impact that we're having, how can we help more in a deeper way, we start getting distracted with all these other things. Oh, how much am I making? How much am, you know, how productive am I? How much time am I spending at the gym? And we start to lose sight of that craft, that reward that we get for coaching. And then, you know, couple the fact with that with we're not doing the things we want to do personally for ourselves outside the gym and we're not fully enjoying what we're doing inside the gym. And that leads to this feeling of being out of balance or being burnt out. I do want to add on that because I think this is another one for the perfect day. That <laughs> this, one, this is probably the biggest one that grinds my gears personally, which is <laughs> You said, you know, they start focusing on how much money they're making, and I 100% agree. And honestly, sometimes I don't think it's a bad goal, but you need to realize if there's a dollar amount you're wanting to hit, there's also an amount of work that has to be done to make that dollar amount. So if you're going to set some crazy goal, 70, 100, 100, whatever it may be, you have to realize the work's also going to be creeping up there. Until you can get in a situation where maybe you're just doing nothing but online coaching and you can sit on the beach and drink margaritas or whatever and program for people, like, I don't see that being that possible to start off doing. You're going to have to get clientele somehow. So it's like in, in those beginning phases, if, if money is a driver for you, just know that when money goes up, work is also probably going up too. So if that's something that you do care about, you are chasing, just keep that in mind as well. Yeah, and, and that goes for any profession, not just coaching, but especially coaching because you can't just raise your rates to fix a problem and still work four hours. You know, you can't just do, oh, I'm going to do, you know, maybe classes. Maybe you're getting paid $50 an hour for classes. Maybe you're working at like a super expensive gym that can afford that kind of coaching staff, but likely you're getting paid like 25 an hour on that. So that's your low pay. And then your PT might be 40, 45, 60, whatever it is an hour but you're still gonna have to work more hours for more. You're just gonna have more clients coming in. That personal programming stuff, there's no magic pill program that someone just says, oh, you're gonna get abs by you know, 
Tony and then send out the program and make millions of dollars that way. Like you're still going to have to hustle to get those clients in and spend a lot of social media, spend a lot of time doing, you know, recruiting and word of mouth and things like that. So if you're not willing to trade your time, I'm like, imagine how much time dude perfect spends on making trick shots to make one video for their millions of subscribers. Like they put in a lot of work too. I'm sure they put in a lot of hours and then they get the money, you know? If you guys haven't watched Dude Perfect, you gotta watch Dude Perfect. <laughs> nice one. <laughs> Look up uh, real life trick shots, Dude Perfect. They will change your life. <laughs> no, they, they really have the perfect day. Yeah. yeah. They do, that's true. But they probably had to really hustle to get there, you know? They had to do so many takes and so many videos and so many just ideas and, and grind. I'm sure they had to at one point grind to get where they were. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, they. St they, I'm sure they still do to a certain degree, you know, within the context of what they do. And, you know, look at any professional athlete, like everybody, well, I don't say everybody, a lot of people envy professional athletes, you know, you look at any like Twitter comments or something and they're like, you know, these guys get paid millions of dollars and it's like, you don't know how hard it is like to do what they do and how much, many hours that they put in. And yes, it's a game. But it is a it is a job. I mean, I've, I've been close to that level to at least understand how much time and effort. And if you if it becomes a job for you, like you're you're not going to sustain. You will not reach that highest level that you could reach. And it doesn't matter whether it's sports, coaching, whatever. It's it's all a mindset. And if you lose that or you never have in the first place, like this career just might not be cut out for you. But I think a lot of coaches have it and they lose it. And like one thing that I've had to reconnect with with our gym is like, you know, I've had those feelings of burnout, whether it be a coach as a gym owner. And then I often have to think about my kids and how like I can take them here on the weekends and we can, you know, run around the gym together. And not, like this morning I was coaching our five, six, seven and at eight o'clock they come running in and give me a big hug. Like those moments are amazing. And you know, just being able to reflect on those moments, be in tune with those moments is really important and not just see the bad of what's being brought to the table, but also see all the good that's being brought to the table as well. Yeah, I think it's really, really huge for when you're not just like your family life and all that stuff, but like going back to the, the professional athlete side of things. I think the analogy stands like if you're a competitive athlete, you you understand how much you work out, you have to recover the same amount, right? So I think it's the same exact way for the professional coach is you have to spend that time recovering from coaching. You have to have that, that ebb and flow. You have to have that balance mentally to be able to keep yourself in it. If you don't do the work to continually keep yourself invested in the love and the care that you need to put into this profession, you're not going to survive because you're going to have times with anything you do where you you have to kind of, you know, take a step back and reevaluate. And that's where we align back with our perfect day of like, okay, maybe I am getting a little out of sorts, but what is it that's getting me there? Is it really my schedule or is it me spending too much time talking after the 815 before I start my next thing? Maybe I need to have a hard cutoff after I coach that class because they're so social that I just go right into doing payroll and then I'll feel better that I'm productive. Or maybe it's I'm spending too much time on my phone. You know, maybe I'm getting sucked into these bad habits that are taking me away from, you know, I'm in a Facebook loop or an Instagram loop or I'm watching TikTok videos. 
whatever it is that's sucking up that time that's making you feel out of sorts if you don't spend the time recovering and managing your lifestyle and your own you know work habits then you're really going to sink i think one thing that is important to point out is so many coaches get and me too as a gym owner we get in the spot where we're not productive and we're not relaxing we're busy but not productive mm -hmm. and i think that one of the values of the perfect day is that hopefully in that perfect day you've actually defined what are the things that do refresh you that do fill you up and can you fit those in in a really busy schedule still and maybe you don't hit all of those maybe the things that you built into your perfect day you just ensure fit in your perfect week those leisure activities so oh i went to the beach i went to the coffee shop i made time for friends i did a date night with my wife like that might be your perfect day okay let's make sure all of those now fit into your perfect week and maybe they don't fit into a perfect day but let's not go a month without a date night let's not go a month without going to the beach let's not go a month without spending a few hours you know, meeting a friend at a coffee shop, right? And I think that's the important point is, let's try to avoid this, this middle ground where we're busy, but not productive and not refreshing. Yeah, yeah the only thing I would add to that is, and we, we had a good talk in our coaches meeting yesterday about like why we work out in the first place. And Tony's uh, answer was pretty cool. Um, and I think it fits really well with this, which is he, I asked him, like, you always work out in the morning, like, would you ever work out in the afternoon, the evening? He's like, no. He's like, because of the benefits I get from working out. He's like, if I don't work out, I don't feel as productive. I can't focus. I can't, you know, multiple things that he, he listed on. But I think it is important that if, if you can at least come up with something per day, and it doesn't have to be like, oh, I have to go on this date night tonight. Because like, that's, for some people that's a big ask because there's kids involved, there's a lot mm -hmm. of things. But if it's like, I just need to sweat. Yeah, there ha there surely is 30 minutes you can sweat. I just need to take a walk and listen to a podcast. There's surely time you can take 30 minutes to walk, take a listen to a podcast. Like, I would recommend trying to find some of those things you can slide in on a daily basis that might help you kind of reset every day. And uh, kind of going along with what you were saying, like, you know, that's your recovery time. Um, that's your anchor, maybe. Like yeah. the workout is a huge anchor for people. We tell it to our clients all the time. You know, we know it makes you feel better. We know it starts the day off right. You know, if you can get it in early, and then it it makes everything else a little bit easier. It gives you the ability to stick to your nutrition plan because you feel accomplished. It builds that momentum. Same thing with anything in your schedule, but you're the one that's in charge of it. So if you don't set it up for success. It doesn't matter if you're working as a coach. It doesn't matter if you're an accountant. It doesn't matter if you're a professional athlete. You're not going to be in control of it, and you're going to end up resenting it and burning out from it. And I think the thing that you said that's most important is, like, is that idea that I said in the beginning of, like, marrying yourself to this perfect day, and then when someone asks you for something that it falls outside of it, you you tend to build, like, a resentment, or it, it seems absurd that they're asking you this thing because it's it's well I can't because it's not in my schedule or I can't because it's not in my perfect day or it's not you know what you've asked of me as an employee and and knowing that you have to get outside of that sometimes you have to kind of roll with the punches and that's really like the mindset tactic of like are you that fixed or can you you know can you still absorb some of this and and continue to be a good player on our team yeah definitely definitely can become an sense of entitlement and I think where we've had the most trouble with it is like we we can work 
in a positive way, we work people towards their perfect day. And, and in a positive way, we're making progress towards it. And then if there's any backtrack at all, it can be seen sometimes as a huge negative. Like we overpromised something and now we're not delivering that. And I think that, you know, you, you have, whether you're a coach or a, a gym owner who's trying to move someone towards their perfect day, you have to communicate like, hey, we're doing this, but this doesn't mean that it's forever. It doesn't mean that we can guarantee this moving forward, but like this is our next best step. And then if you're a coach, like, you have to say, yeah, this is great now, but it can always go back and it can always look a little different. And I have to be okay with that looking a little bit different. And I think that really just comes down to like, as you move towards your perfect day, you still have to realize that the team is the priority. Yeah, the being a teammate is a huge thing for me that's coming up when you're talking about this because it's like, you can never, this question doesn't help us foresee if an employee is gonna be a teammate or not. You know, if they're gonna be that person who steps up when, you know, your wife delivers your second baby, or if, if someone on the team is, gets COVID and we have to, you know, have two weeks without them, whatever happens, we're a team and we've got to have each other's backs. And you can't really ask a question smartly that's going to tell you if that player is going to be there for you on the team or not. But that's really the thing is, it, you know what, I might work 15 more hours a week for the next six weeks to get us through the summer because of XYZ. But I know that you're still going to work me back towards my perfect day, even when I just sink myself totally in a schedule, you know. And I, I know that, you know, our team needs me to do this right now, so that'll be okay. And if you don't have that mindset, it's still back to the mindset of, like, you know, I know my team has my back, but it's time for me to have their back right now, then it's not going to work. You know, you're going you're gonna to end up talking yourself into hating coaching because of your mindset around your schedule. Yeah, and I, I don't know if we said it explicitly, but the last thing I want to wrap up on here is just I feel that we, like, the purpose of life, one of the purposes of life is for us to work and contribute and to add value. And I think that it's easy to chase leisure because it's pleasurable or these other things but i think that if people can embrace difficulty and work for work's sake and get joy out of hard things in general the same way a lot of us get joy out of a difficult workout that we do in the gym and why we're drawn to this type of training i think if that same mindset could be applied to work and again this requires you to really ignore and push against the status quo because most people are working to retire. That is why they work and that is their objective or they're working for the next vacation. And you or want it's the four hour work week or what Yeah, exactly. That? Right. So, you know, and again, the four hour work week is another great example because it's like his message is that, yes, this life is possible, but his message is really about efficiency and maximizing your time more so than this four hour work week is some arbitrary holy grail of work-life balance. It isn't that at all. It's more about let's maximize the time and output and then let's give you control to choose how you spend your time as opposed to forcing you to spend your time in this career that you hate. But if you, if you love your work and you see purpose behind your work, I think you know, working a lot and working hard is a great thing. I think we're all naturally well, I, I don't know if I just feel that way because I know that we're that way, but like that, that hard work is what I strive for. You know, that's what fills me up. 
So that's part of what makes me a team player is that like I do want to work hard. I do want to be here all the time. Even if I'm just hanging out, I know I'm going to find something to keep me busy or you know, I'm going to have a need to fill. And um, this perfect day question really helps you kind of sort through that too. Not just for gym owners, but like fellow coaches. Yeah, the one thing I just wanted to add is like, you also have to realize that we, if this is truly your calling, we have probably one of the most fulfilling works you can have. Like, our job is to literally give to people and then see what that does for their life. Like, we give them the, you know, the fitness, the nutrition, the lifestyle tips, and we get to watch them, like, bloom. We're like gardeners, but the flower kind of, like, blooms, like, instantly. Like, that's really cool. Some people sit behind a desk and that's their work so yeah. i think that's a big part of it too they like, never they never really get to see the tangible result of right. of the effort they're putting in right and we get to see it every day yeah awesome well i hope this is helpful for you guys um if you guys have any questions feel free to reach out to any of us andrew at fittown.com austin at fittown mel at fittown and we'll see you in the next video mm-hmm.